Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined by G. Hey Wiley and Brandon Deutsch. G. Hey, how are you? You know, life could be better, but it could be worse. My flipping Rangers pooped oh, the bed last night, so yeah. I'm not the happiest uh, fan. But, you know, there's still basketball on, so happy about that. Hey, by the way, G.A., I'm going to say I love the, the guy. I think the Giants were big winners in the draft. I love Jalen Hyatt. I've been super high on him, and I don't know if you saw the video that surfaced of the Cowboys coach when he was uh, – you know, uh, working out for them. Uh, the Cowboys coach said, you know your skill set. He's like, what's that? He's like, well, you have speed. He's like, well, I can run routes too. I'm going to show you. And then he just ran great routes. And, you know, you got to steal. That kid's a first-round talent. You got him in the third round. So he's the wide receiver one for your Giants now. And he's going to be great. Yeah, no, you know, I loved I loved what uh, Jabo did. Uh, I'm, I have nothing but faith in that man, but at the same time, I really hope he did his homework on him because if you drop that far down, there's a reason. I'm not saying that he's not talented by any means. Like, there's a reason why guys drop down in the draft. So I'm just, I'm a little cautious, but I'm, I, in table, I trust, man. So I'm going to just, I'm going to trust the coach um, and his decisions, what he made. By the way, congratulations to the Lakers for sending Dylan Brooks to the Guangdong Tigers. <laughs> Looks like reports say he's not returning to the uh, the Grizzlies under any circumstance. Actually, in all seriousness, though, he could still play elite defense. And, I mean, his jumper wasn't in the Lakers series. But if he uh, kind of hones in his personality, I mean, there's a ton of teams in the NBA that all want him, in all seriousness. Clippers are one of them. Isn't that the saddest part, though, right? When you're like, yeah. oh, man, you can make – if you just shut your mouth, you'd be so great. Like, Look at what happened to Antonio Brown, Arash, a few years ago. Well, yeah. He, made, he was, like, days away from making a few mil, and then he just had to do something crazy, you know? You know, the, the problem with Brooks, however, is it's not the, the, the talent. He's not an elite player, but he's a very good player. He, he, he'd be a player that – no doubt, un- under normal circumstances, the Grizzlies would have back. You can't do what he did. There was no one in that locker room that appreciated what he said about LeBron James. He turned the Lakers season around. I- I- I'm not saying that the Grizzlies would have won this series if he had not said what he said. Again, he said LeBron James is old. He's tired. He doesn't respect them unless he puts on. You know, I mean, it was just it was just a terrible, cringeworthy rant. That again, because the Lakers, and again, there's been so many stories, by the way, this season about how this Lakers team, 
again, not they, they really embrace LeBron James. Like they've they've done the goat sounds post game. I mean, so when you have a player like Brooks say that about LeBron, game three, I, I go back to, to 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 that game. The Lakers start off with a thirty eight to nine lead to begin that game. And the closeout game, they win by forty points, which is so hard to do in the league. Like when you're up by forty, for example, you put in the, the backups. And you, maybe you win by 20 or 15 or so to beat a team by 40 in a closeout situation. So the problem with Brooks is going to be not so much the talent, but can, can, can this guy just keep, keep his mouth shut? Can he not be a problem for us? Um, and again, I think that that's kind of what LeBron told Dylan Brooks when he went up to him prior to game three. It was basically like you know you're you're causing problems, man. Like like we, like nobody on your team likes you effectively. And by the way, the league is a very it's it's like a small town. I mean, once something gets out, the the rest of the league starts talking about it. So during the series, Tim McMahon reported that Dylan Brooks is done. Like like. Prior to Game Three, that report was already coming out, and Tim McMahon didn't make that up. You know, you're 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 talking to GMs, you're talking to scouts, you're talking to players, coaches, whatnot. I mean, the word had already been leaked that Brooks is done with the Grizzlies prior to Game Three. So we'll see how that plays out. But listen, I mean, he really did help the Lakers find themselves. Not that they wouldn't have beaten the Grizzlies again. They they won Game One by 16 points. But Brandon, the, le- the level of defense that they played uh, this series, we've never seen that from them. Now, they were an improved defense over the last quarter of the season. But if they go on a run here, thank you, Dylan Brooks. I mean, they, he allowed them to f- find themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> he helped the Lakers a lot. There's no sugarcoating that. He gave them uh, a little burst that they needed. Now, can they take it into the Warriors series? You know, we'll see if uh, that translates to a full seven-game series. But uh, that isn't against Dylan Brooks because now there's no more extra incentive except LeBron wanting to win another championship, right? Or the team wanting to win a championship. I guess that's the incentive now, as it is for most other teams. But uh, the Lakers, you know, they're in a good position. They had a successful season either way. We'll see what happens. I'm excited for this series. It's going to be a great series. We, we kept talking about it, guys, that um, the West is wide open. We kept on saying the West, the West, the West. We didn't really say the league, and we didn't say the league because of Milwaukee. They were the number one seed and the prohibitive favorite. And the Celtics, which were, they were the number two seed, pushing for the one seed. I mean, the, the champion was likely going to be either the Mil- Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks get booted in the first round. Thanks to Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. And now the Boston Celtics are down 1-0 in their series to the Sixers. Jihei, I'll start with you. It just seems like the league is wide open. And so, uh, you know, like as we look at the West, uh, you know, I, I, I am, you know, and we've t- touched on this. I do think the, the next NBA champion will come from the winner of the Lakers-Warriors series. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but... I, I, I'm, I'm picking the winner of that series over the Nuggets. I think the Suns are cooked. Um, the Celtics are not as good as they were a year ago. The Bucks are done. I don't believe in the Sixers. I mean, I, I really think that this is the de facto NBA Finals right now. 
No, I don't want to completely discredit your argument, but have you been watching the way that Miami has been playing? Yeah, no, you're, I mean, you're right. Bumping out, bumping out Milwaukee, which everybody, I, even myself, thought was the clear favorite. I'm, and I told you guys this last week. I am a fan now, officially, of Mr. Mini Jordan, aka Jimmy <laughs> Butler. I like this kid can do no wrong. He re remember when we watched him in the single-handedly win games in the bubble. Yeah, and he's doing it again. He's doing it again. I mean, he's coming back from getting hurt, getting up, and then he still keeps moving. Moving on, and so he's playing. I mean, I I just I see no end for this guy. So I, I don't know, man. I mean, I can see, I can see something has happened in him where he's just turned, he just turns it on in the playoffs. So yeah. a championship might be in his in his future. Now, do I think that he's going to? It takes more than one, obviously. And the Lakers have that, right? They have that group. Um, that just has that more playoff mentality. I mean, health is still a factor for for you guys, though, right? Yeah. So that that's that's my only interpretation of of outright choosing the Lakers. In a rush, last thing else, we deserve that parade, man. We need oh, yeah, exactly one just, just, just to get that parade. We didn't get one. Uh, you know, we deserve to go party with the Lakers. You know, uh, and I feel like I, there's just a a void in, like that needs to be filled with another championship for us just for yeah. the parade purposes. And the crazy thing is, and we'll see how this all plays out. If you remember in the bubble, uh, the conference finals were the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Heat and the Celtics. And we could get that again. I mean, amazingly, we'll see how this all plays out. But um, yes, listen, the, 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 the biggest thing is LeBron James's high watermark with the Lakers came during the pandemic when there was no fans, obviously no parade, no rally, no nothing. And so it's been very simple for some fans, amazingly, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but fans to discredit that championship. Again, we know fans of the opposing teams will, but I've even heard some, some Laker fans basically say, well, LeBron's got to win one. For him to be, a, you know, like a true Laker or whatnot. And so I don't agree with that, but I think you're 100% right. If he gets that moment, if he gets that moment where th they have a parade, they have a rally, they clinch even greater. If they clinch the championship on their home court, uh, then at that point, he's an all-time Laker. Now, listen, he, he will go down, if not the greatest, one of the two greatest players of all time. It's different than being the greatest Laker of all time, you know, because obviously that's Kobe, that's magic. He's not that, by the way. And the reason he's not that is, you know, Kobe played 20 years here. So, but if LeBron delivers two championships and one not in the bu bu bubble, which means the fans can kind of embrace the team and they can go to the rally and they can go to the parade and all that good stuff. That's going to be incredible. Now, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but again, the way that they're playing, guys, I, I didn't expect this. Again, the, the bet that I made was that they're going to make the playoffs. And once they made the playoffs, that, that, not that that was a successful season, but when you go through the nightmarish season that they had a year ago, where they were below 500, they were not even in the play-in tournament, and then you begin this season, again, below 500, not in the play-in tournament. They, at the trade deadline, they want Kyrie, they can't get Kyrie, they want to make some big splashes, but they don't. But they make a bunch of small moves 
that have put them in a position now to compete for a, a championship. So listen, like even if the season comes to a close to the to the, the defending champion Warriors in a good six or seven game series, this is not a success in terms of the grand scheme of things. But when you really look at where this team was this season, where this team was a year ago, I didn't foresee us being in the Western Conference semifinals against the Warriors. And not only that, it's kind of a coin flip. You know, yes, the Warriors are the favorites, but not the prohibitive favorites. Um, but with that said, I mean, I, I, I like this group. I think you bring them back regardless. I'm not of the mindset that if they were to lose that you kind of have to kind of look at I mean, they finally have a team. And they have a team that they get their roles and they like playing with each other. So this, uh, I like what I'm seeing uh, from this group right now. Um, in other news, Brandon, wanted to get your thoughts on this. You know, the, 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 the Padres have not had the start to the season that they had hoped for. Again, with the superstar lineup that they had put together, everyone thought they were going to run away with the division. They got a superstar back. Fernando Tatis Jr. was welcome back. And I've said listen as as much as um he upset the fan base uh i think a couple of home runs a, a nice little hit streak a win streak and it will all be forgotten right in big picture your thoughts on the padres in the return of fernando tatis jr uh i think it's instrumental i think the bigger issue is blake snell um if he pitches better you know they can take their team to a whole other level i still think they're going to win the division relatively easily even with a bad start, they're only one game back to the Dodgers, and I don't think the Dodgers will win the division. They just don't have enough pitching. Um, no offense to the Dodgers. Uh, I think they're still a good team. They have a good lineup, but I don't think they have enough pitching to win the division. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I do think the Padres are going to win the division. The Diamondbacks, 16-13, and 13, that's a fraud start. I mean, they're not going to last. And I hate to say it. I mean, they're young. They're inexperienced. They're talented, but they're still a couple of years away. Like, they got Zach Gallen, Corbin Carroll, a couple other guys. They're going to be a very good team uh, in a few years, but it's just not this year, right? And if you're looking at the rest of the National League, most of the National League is underperforming. I mean, the Pirates are 20 and 9. Like, who would have thought that? And the Cardinals are 10 and 19. The Cardinals were the easy favorite to win the division, right? Yeah. And then if we look at the Phillies, they're 15 and 15. That was the team that got to the series last year. I guess the Braves are the only team that's kind of risen to the occasion, 19 and 10. Uh, the National League's a bit weirder than the American League. I feel like the American League has its teams that are going to be very good. Like, what you see right now is what you're going to get. Like, the Rays are going to be good. The Orioles will be pretty good. The Jays will be good. The Rangers and Astros will be good, right, in the Guardians, even though they had a weird start. But the National League is wide open. So, for Dodger fans listening, even though I don't think they win the division, I think it's it's almost, I wouldn't say a certainty, but it's extremely likely they still get a wild card. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was my feeling about the Dodgers going into this season. I didn't expect them to win the division. But by the way, a couple of years ago, if you guys remember, of course, that they didn't win the division. The Giants won the division. The Dodgers go in as the wild card, but the, defeat the Giants in the, the postseason. So no matter how you get in, you just have to get in. I, I, I do agree with you, Brandon, despite the start to the season. I'm not thinking that the, the Diamondbacks are for real, but the, the Dodgers have had a really good start. And I always said this, despite the fact that they, you know, uh, didn't make any big moves. You know, they, they lose Trey Turner. They lose Justin Turner. They lose Cody Bellinger. You go down the list of guys that they lost and, and they didn't really do 
a lot. This was a reset year for them. That being said, no doubt about it, the talent's still there. And what we're going to see this season from them is a lot of the young players. Gavin Stone being brought up today, for example. A lot of the young talent that maybe a year ago wouldn't have got a chance to play at this point in the season, they're going to give them a chance. They're going to give them a look. And so kind of interested. Real quick, with Stone, your thoughts on him? Again, we we fully expected him to, to be called up at some point this season. Don't know if we expected it at this point. Your thoughts on what we could be seeing from him? I, yeah, I know I mentioned it preseason that for the Dodgers to kind of reach their ceiling, they don't have enough pitching. They're going to need to bring up Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone at some point. Stone dominated the minors. I think that'll translate to the league. I think he'll be a great pitcher. Um, I do think Bobby, Bobby Miller has the more upside, uh, definitely more of a power arm. We saw him, you know, jump on the scene last year uh, at 22 in that preseason game against Joey Otani Trout, where he struck both of them out. Since then, you know, he's kind of struggled in, in the minors, but I do think he'll be up soon, too. And of course, it raises the ceiling. I don't know if Gavin Stone can right away be dominant, but he's going to be him and Bobby Miller are going to be the their two best pitchers within a year or two. No offense to Julio Urias, but Urias has struggled immensely this year, considering you know he had 21 wins last year and a three ERA. Uh, I mean, he's still good, but he's not a true number one, right? Arash and the Dodgers yeah. are going to get a true number one, whether that be Gavin Stone or Bobby Miller. One of those guys is going to turn into their true number one. And then you get Walker Bueller back next year, right? So this is a team, again, we've studied a rush. Yes, they can compete this year. No one's expecting them to win a World Series this year. I think they're preparing for next year to win that World Series. Go after Shohei Otani, see what happens. By the way, uh, the league just announced this is the most viewed uh, postseason in years. That first round series between the Kings and the Warriors was the most viewed first round series in 24 years. Uh, the, the, we, we said how much fun the first round was, but I think, and, and again, we'll, we'll see even more so in the second round, Steph Curry and the Warriors versus LeBron and the Lakers, I think will be the most viewed second round, uh, series in at least 24 years as well. Um, real quick before we go to break, the Suns, you know, listen, I never have a problem when a team goes all in because they think that they have a window to win a championship. Uh, so when you can get a transcendent top five player like Kevin Durant, I'm generally going to be on board. That being said, when you look at the Suns, I mean, if they get swept by the Nuggets, they're they're down 2-0, and these games have not really, at least game one were, 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 was not close. And then you, you kind of even look back at the Clippers series where they lose game one, they could have and maybe should have lost game two. And then they barely squeak past a Clippers team without Kawhi, without Paul George. I mean, um, KD's getting up there in age. I think this is probably the end of the road for Chris Paul. I mean, Brandon and I'll loop in GA too. I mean, did you like the move? Because at the, at the end of the day, I think the Suns season is going to come to an end in the second round. Yeah, I, you know, I was adamant. I didn't love the move when it was made. Um, I think giving up Mikhail Bridges is too much. And we saw what he turned into, the best player on a sixth seed. Now, I know they don't get the sixth seed without Katie and Kyrie part of the year, but that's a guy who can average 28 points per game in the NBA and is one of the best defenders in the league. If they had Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson instead of Kevin Durant right now, they would be more competitive, in my opinion, because their depth would be better. And Cam Johnson's competing as well. 
fact of the matter is you can't win a championship with that depth. I mean, also they gave DeAndre Aiden a hundred plus million. He looks like, I mean, he can't guard a parked car. He's lackadaisical. He's lazy. I mean, no offense. I hope he has all the talent in the world. I hope he changes his career and, you know, shows more assertiveness, but he's getting absolutely cooked by Nikola Jokic. He got cooked by Zubac in the first round and Mason Plumlee. So, I mean, like, that's the issue. You're giving 100 plus million a max extension to DeAndre Ayton. They still let him go to the Pacers. Then you get Kevin Durant, no depth. And you're paying Chris Paul, Devin Booker, all those other guys tons of money. Yeah. I, I just don't love it. I wouldn't have made the trade. Yeah, I would I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have paid DeAndre Ayton all that. I, that that's first and foremost. I totally agree with you on that one, Brandon. And on top of it, I I mean I think if the Warriors have taught us anything, the, these guys were not stars before they won their championships. They worked as a unit. They worked as a team. And you can't just push together people and then automatically think it's going to work. Look at the Lakers. It's, it's happened multiple times with the Lakers as well, and it didn't work, and it didn't result in championships. Um, I just blow it up. Like, I, I, ho- I hope that they get rocked. I like... A, Blank the Suns. So I, I hope they get oh, rocked. I, I hope that they learn from this mistake. Like well, blow it up. You, you know, you know what it is, Brandon. <laughs> the, the Suns fans are like the most hated fans, especially if you're a Clippers fan. So we'll leave it there. But I totally feel you, G. Hey, I totally know what you're saying. Um, listen, when when we come back, we're gonna have an interesting conversation. The Oakland Athletics will they be the Las Vegas Athletics? We'll talk about that when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090s on the California the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 Four hundred zero three four zero. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline for a pre-recorded conversation. This was really well done by the Sporting Tribunes and from the bet, Adrian Hernandez. So Adrian uh, has really been tracking the potential relocation of the Oakland A's to Las Vegas. Again, a big announcement um, two weeks ago now that Oakland had, you know, uh, come to an agreement to buy a parcel of land to build a $1.5 billion, 30,000 seat retractable uh, roof stadium. It sounded like it was a done deal. It sounded like like this is going to happen. This is all well and good. The problem is there's $500 million that has not been accounted for that I think the Oakland Athletics believe will come from the city of Las Vegas. Uh, not so fast. Not so fast. And, and the reason that it's not so fast is Clark County Commissioner Michael Naft 
has really been public in saying that this needs to benefit the people of Las Vegas. This can't be a one-way deal. Uh, listen, we we are definitely like open to having this conversation. But according to Michael Nav, they are now no, nowhere near an agreement on that extra half a billion dollars to build this new ballpark for the Oakland a- Athletics. So um, where does that leave Las Vegas? Where does that leave the A's? Are, are they coming to Vegas? I still think that they're going to come to an agreement at the end of the day. This is called a negotiation. But I think it's really important to note that a deal has not been made. This is right now a request by the Oakland A's, and obviously, you know, being in a position of power, Michael Knapp can say, uh, no, this is a negotiation. So with that said, let's now go to the conversation from the Sporting Tribune's Adrian Hernandez with Clark County Commissioner Michael Naft. Let's bring on our guest, man. Uh, Clark County Commissioner uh, Michael Naft is here. Michael, first off, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the time. Um, and as a person um, that gets gets paid to focus on the playground of sports. And for those that are watching and listening that kind of are a little too consumed in the world of sports, as we start off, can you clarify what a county commissioner does and what your position entails? I'd love to, and thank you for asking that question. Not, not very many people do. We are, for so many people in Southern Nevada, for 2.4 million people, we're the regional service provider, big picture things like we own and operate the airport. Uh, we own and operate UMC, the state's largest public hospital. We do all of the regional services. Uh, but then for about a million people who live in unincorporated Clark County, including the Las Vegas Strip uh, and many of the suburbs around the Las Vegas Strip, uh, we do all of their city services. They don't, uh, while, their, while their postal address might say Las Vegas, they don't live in the city of Las Vegas. They live in unincorporated Clark County, which means they don't have a city council, a mayor, and a county commissioner. For those people, for most of the people in my district, I, I provide all of their services, both city and county. Uh, so, so we do a little bit of everything. We have 39 departments in Clark County, and it's everything from public works to fire to police um, to everything in between. And, and like you said, so this is this is a very wide-ranging position and things that you're handling. Um, and, of course, the reason why we have you on is to talk about the athletics buying this land or this binding agreement. Um, so just for clarification, when it comes to this situation and this stadium being built or them attempting to build it here uh, near the strip, what what's your role in all of this uh, for those that are a little ignorant to the situation? Well, a couple things. One, the, this particular site happens to be in the district that I represent. Yeah. So there will come a time if this proceeds where there'll be a lot of development issues, land use issues, potentially zoning issues. Uh, all of those will come through me. Uh, I will, I'm will. i also responsible for providing the services to that area, to that site. So things like police, fire, um, all of, all of your city and regional services that come out of any kind of building project uh, will come through us on the Clark County Commission. Uh, as it relates more specifically to the um, to, to the potential uh, public funding that might come from this, uh, we certainly have a stake in that conversation as well because the request uh, being asked is that money be used from a, store, a tourism improvement district, which means reallocating funds uh, that would typically be generated in the area where the ballpark is and putting them back into investing in the ballpark. Um, so there. 
Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. My apologies. So there, there's a couple pieces of this. There, there would have to be um, language from the state legislature, which is in session right now in Carson City. So there would have to be a legislative action that would either enable the Clark County Commission to do something like this or or um, or demand that the Clark County Commission do something like this. And as we fully get into this, this situation, I think a lot of um, I guess trepidation would be the word I'd use is obviously some of the the past and things that have happened, uh, case in point, Allegiant Stadium. Um, and I know you weren't county commissioner at that time. Uh, I believe that you were, uh, let me make sure I get this right, the district director uh, to Congresswoman Dina Titus. Um, but I'm just curious, you know, as someone who not only was involved in the things that you were involved with professionally, but just someone who lived here, um, how much do you think the situation with the Legion Stadium and, and the seven hundred and fifty million um, from our from our wallets for the people that live in Clark County to help build that stadium is kind of, um, I guess. Sorry for, for my words being all weird. I just straight up. I, I guess I'll ask you: What did you learn from that situation? We learned a lot from it, and there's a couple things that I would say are really important in this conversation, and that is that there are significant differences between Allegiant Stadium and what we're talking about now, uh, both physically, right? You're talking about what that did for us as a community was give us an opportunity to attract events that we would otherwise have no ability to get, right? So we have, it's great that we have eight, hopefully 10 football games in Allegiant Stadium. The huge economic impact from Allegiant comes not from those football games, but from the 40 plus other capacity events that we have throughout the year, every single one of which we would not be able to attract to this community if not for that physical building. I think the case to be made for that with a ballpark is, is a much greater leap. You've got 81 home games right off the calendar, off the top, that you can't have any other events in that venue. You've got a much different configuration from a ballpark to a football stadium. Uh, and you, you have a lesser capacity that puts it, while, while it'll be a greater capacity than, um, say, a T-Mobile or MGM Grand or MSG Sphere, um, it won't be a, a, a. It won't necessarily be able to provide us with a venue for things that we otherwise had no ability to get. Uh, so those are, I think, some really big distinctions. The other most significant distinction is that the. Um, the governor has called for no new revenue to be created for this ballpark. And while I agree with that and support that, it's very different than Senate Bill 1, which was passed for Allegiant Stadium, which took uh, a tourist tax, a piece of the lodging tax, and invested it into the stadium. Uh, this is asking through a, a stadium improvement district, it would essentially take dollars away from services. So at the end of the day, somebody's got to pay for the fire response in the area, the police, the roads um, in that area. And that's where the money will be coming from. Um, so that's of significant concern in this arrangement. And, and that's why, you know, when it, it came out, the news first came out that, um, you know, five, there's a $500 million deal. I think the term deal was used very loosely. I think there's uh, certainly a lot of excitement about expanding our sports economy. I've seen personally what it's done for this community. I never could have dreamed growing up here that we would have what we have right now. Uh, you know, you look at last night's game and the excitement at, at Golden Knights at T-Mobile. 
it's unbelievable as a kid who grew up here. Um, but you have to weigh that very seriously against uh, the cost of doing business and the financial impact that would have to the county and, and what it means for taxpayers. And it's got to be a good deal. It's got to be one that benefits people who actually live here and not just billionaires from out of state. And uh, Michael, you you bring up the term deal. Uh, We're going to get to your tweet here in a second, your legendary tweet. Um, But I I do want to ask, you know, uh, the news that came out last week was a late night news dump. Um, There were reports that many Nevada politicians, figureheads were just very surprised at the announcement, let alone the reaction from Oakland and the government over there. Um, So with all that being said, when you saw the news, um, were you surprised? No, I wasn't surprised. I've been uh, hearing from the A's for two years now about um, their interest in coming here. Um, They've certainly, um, you know, went a different approach than the Raiders did. The Raiders decided they wanted to come here. They came here. They worked uh, in in a way that um, was very different than how things are happening now. Um, but, you know, a, de- a, de- a deal is not a deal until it's done. And just because you ask for something doesn't mean you're going to get it. Um, and I think it, it, you know, just goes back to what I was saying, that it's got to be a good deal for the people who actually live here. You said the quote, so I'm going to skip my question and we'll move right there. Uh, you quote tweeted Fox 5 Vegas. And by the way, uh, the tweet was and it read asking and getting are two separate things. Uh, we're going to need some merch, some T-shirts, some some coffee cups with the actual slogan on there. Um, and when I saw that, I viewed that as not only you speaking personally, but kind of you being the voice for how a lot of people in Clark County felt. Um and just for, for clarification purposes, I'm the ace president. I'm Dave Caval. We're sitting at breakfast at whatever restaurant. And I open my phone and I read that tweet and I look at you and I go, what's this? What do you truly mean by this? What would be your response? Well, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going sugarcoated. I told him I've spoken to him before that and I spoke to him after that. And very clearly i thought what i meant was 500 million is is a is an ask it's not a deliverable it's not something that anybody had agreed to and i think that was a little bit of the um misinformation that was going around in the media that it kind of you know i had people friends and family calling me hey you guys made a deal to give 500 million dollars to the a's well no that's what they're asking for i don't know you know in the world that i live in just because you ask for something doesn't mean you're going to get it yeah, and I guess and you thank you for saying that you spoke to him before you spoke to him after this. Um, the relationships and the conversations that you've had for him. I, obviously, I'm not asking you to give me all this information and then specifics. Um, but would you say uh, that they were very good conversations? Because when Dave Caval spoke to The Athletic and spoke to some of these other properties, talking about the conversations that he's had with politicians and with figureheads here in Nevada and here in Clark County, uh, he said that they were good conversations and positive momentum, this and the third. Would you agree with that statement? I would. I think every conversation I've had with them has been positive, has moved the ball a little bit forward. But at the end of the day, um, the devil's in the details. And until there's until you put pen to paper, until you actually understand the financials behind what the ask is, there's a lot of different ways to get at the to get at a similar outcome. But each of those ways has a different impact on taxpayers here, on residents here, on the services that we provide elsewhere throughout the community. Um, things don't just happen in a silo. So uh, understanding that, really getting a clear 
picture, and I mean more than just top lines, but actually clear um, with details and uh, uh, and facts and figures. Um, that's really at the end of the day what's gonna what's gonna determine the outcome. Uh, Michael Neff joining us here on the Bet Las Vegas and the Sporting Tribune, Clark County Commissioner. Uh, we appreciate your time. We'll uh, we'll get you out of here, but a couple more questions before we do uh, get you out of here. And you bring up, you know, some of these details and, and legislature and, and votes need to happen and blueprints. There's a lot of things that are missing that in a process like this um, would already be here at the point that land is being purchased. And the A's have been very... Um, They've made it a point to say we want to start building in mid to late 2024, have this stadium built by 2027, uh, possibly play the rest of this time until then at Summerlin at Las Vegas ballpark. Um, and it just seems that all of this is very rushed. Stadiums aren't built in a day, um, especially ones that are going to cost the price. And in this era where it's a billion dollars plus to build this, um, do you expect for this situation to be handled? in that timetable well first i i will say that if there is a if there is a a, a outcome that is determined to benefit the people who live here and and something is done that you know moves this along um i have full faith and confidence in the the building trades here in the labor community here to get this up and running in clark county in our building department to make sure everything's done to move this thing as quickly as possible you saw legion stadium was built in record speed it's because you had everybody swimming in the same direction and wanting to get that get that thing built and those were during some extremely trying times um so i have no no doubt that it could be done uh if there's the will to get it done uh but again at the end of the day devil's in the details and we've got to know exactly what the ask is exactly what the legislature's intentions are what their hopes are out of this arrangement uh and then at the end of the day depending on how the legislation's written what the impact will be to clark county and to the residents of southern nevada and lastly, I've seen a lot of people saying um, about the A's and it may be a bit of a sports mindset, which might not matter when it comes to the financials and how this affects the city positively or negatively. But basically the idea that the A's, the A's ownership has the money to do this. Why are they asking us? And not only that, the part that the team hasn't been that successful and they're going through a dreadful time period and their payroll is one of the lowest in the major leagues. There's players in the major leagues that by themselves make more money than the entire roster, which, which is giving people that live here the idea of why are we going to spend money to help you guys out when you don't invest in yourselves? Like I said, that might be a sports mindset that might not really matter. I'm going to ask you personally, is that in your mind to be like, hey, if we help these people out, we're not building all of this for you to come in here and only win. I think the record right now is five wins, 23 losses. That's one of the worst in the league. Uh, that's not a, a, a quality product that is going to get people to go there. So at that point, what is the point of doing all of this? Does the fact that this team hasn't been very successful and there hasn't been that much investment on the actual roster and on the field affect any of this in your mind? 
Well, look, Las Vegas, uh, more than anywhere else, likes a winner and likes a winning team and wants to support a winner. And so I do think that's important. Um, it's not quite as significant to the economics of how a ballpark would work, particularly here in Las Vegas. I think this is a little bit different than anywhere else. Um, if it can help get heads and beds, if it can continue to generate revenue for the community, um, allow us to put people to work uh, both in hotels and building hotels and keep our economy moving forward, then that's probably a good thing and should be weighed a little bit higher than the, um, than the success of the team. Uh, but that being said, 81 games a year, 81 days off the calendar, right off the top, are all, that's a lot in my mind. And you've, you've got to be able to attract at least a base of locals to come um, because, you know, it, I'm not sure if you build it, they will come. I think you've got to supply and invest in a team that's capable to, to get the job done. A hundred percent. I think that a lot of this is going to be locally driven when it comes to 81 games. There's not many baseball fans that make road trips like they do for the NFL. Right. Um, before we get you out of here, Michael, is there anything else you want to say uh, before we let you go? And again, thank you so much for the time. I, I would just, uh, you know, remind everybody that, you know, it's it's not done until it's done. I think there, there could be a real benefit here, but um, gosh, you, you have to take awfully seriously um, when you're looking at using taxpayer money, making sure that there's an economic benefit to people who live here uh, and making sure it's just the right thing to do. That point you make about, um, you know, they, they could probably come up with the money if it were really about the money at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, I think that's important. Um, I want to see the continuation and the expansion of our sports economy here in Las Vegas, uh, but I don't want to see it at any and all cost. There it is. Michael Naff joining us, Clark County Commissioner. We appreciate you. And by the way, we don't want no percentage. Make the shirts, make the coffee cups. Let's get this rolling, my man. You'll get the first one off the presses. <laughs> all right. That was the Sporting Tribune's Adrian Hernandez talking to Clark County Commissioner Michael Naff. There was a really fascinating conversation because, again, the common thought here, Jihei, was that a deal was, was done. I still think a deal gets done at the end of the day. They'll put some kind of a hotel tax, which does not come out of the people who live in Las Vegas. They want a major league baseball team. I don't think they want to wait for an expansion team. I don't even know if the league will expand and if they do what that looks like. I think that they want a team. But, gee, hey, they're basically saying, hey, this is a negotiation. You're, you're not going to get a half a billion dollars just because you re requested it. I mean, the, the cojones <laughs> on Oakland, man. To just sit there and say, this is what we want. You should just give it to us. Like, yeah. where is the entitlement coming from Oakland? Like, I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't understand this. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, this is a business deal. This is a business. And, um, which is unfortunate because it does tug on your heartstrings, you know, like I'm sure people from Oakland are like, oh, I wish my yeah. team could stay here. You know, um, it's definitely so emotional. It's, this is literally, it's, it cracks me up that, um, you know, football or, sports in general are the one business that you know emotion is really truly involved in it right so yeah. it's going to be rough but yeah to just claim hey you should just give us 500 grand is ridiculous in my five, opinion five, 500 million 500 million, Sorry, 500 million. <laughs> that's I mean, right wow. i think I, five, 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 500 grand would, yeah uh but, yeah. but gk you're 100 right it's always the fans that get kind of that they they lose here right because this has nothing to do with the fans the fans in oakland have been fantastic and amazingly gk over uh you know the past few years they would have lost the warriors they lost the raiders and now 
They're going to lose the Oakland Athletics. I really do believe it's a matter of time. Uh, but listen, great conversation, great show. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.